Tired of ads barging into your favorite news podcasts? Good news. Ad-free listening is available on Amazon Music for all the music plus top podcasts included with your Prime membership. Stay up to date on everything newsworthy by downloading the Amazon Music app for free or go to amazon.com slash news ad free. That's amazon.com slash news ad free to catch up on the latest episodes without the ads. You're listening to a podcast from the South China Morning Post. What if I told you that the story of human evolution is not what it seems? And that a crucial piece of evidence signifying this was hiding at the bottom of a well in China for almost a hundred years. Welcome to Inside China. My name is Mimi Lau. And today, I'll be taking you back to the place to see an epoch. But what you and I and millions of fans of an animated film series know more commonly as the Ice Age. Pine cones! Oh my goodness, they're my favorite! The story begins in Harbin, in Heilongjiang province. Remember that word, Heilongjiang, particularly the Long bit in Heilongjiang, because it inspired the name of the subject of this podcast. Heilongjiang is the northeast of China, and the weather there is cold. Really cold. With its winters being particularly harsh, the temperatures can dip well below negative 15 degrees Celsius or 5 degrees Fahrenheit. Harbin is called the Ice City or Bingcheng in Chinese, and each year it holds the world's largest ice and snow festival. In 1932, The entire region, including Harbin City, was invaded by the Japanese army. The mystery war between Mongolian and Japanese airmen continues, and planes return from a battle in the sky to land at their base. But in the midst of the now infamous Japanese occupation of northeastern China, a Chinese bridge construction worker made a discovery. He was part of the forced labor gang working on a bridge over the Songhua River. Today, the Songhua River region is known as a hugely rich source of fossils. But on this day in 1933, he dug up a skull that resembled a human, and knew it was something that had huge cultural value. He handed the skull to his colleague, who then decided that this is too valuable. To fall into the hands of the Japanese army, so that man smuggled it away from the construction site, and took it back home and buried it at the bottom of a well where it remained for 85 years. And for 85 years, he kept it a secret from everyone, including his own family. 
It wasn't until he was nearing his death, when he finally told his family about what he had been hiding at the bottom of that well all this time. By a twist of fate, one of his grandchildren randomly came across Professor Ji Qiang, a leading dinosaur expert from Hebei Geo University in a jade market of Guangxi Province of southern China. Professor Ji realized this was a spectacular find. He persuaded the family to donate the skull to the university, and they did so anonymously. The skull is extremely well preserved, and it's probably one of the best preserved specimens from Asia. That's Professor Ni Xijun, one of China's leading paleoanthropologists who studied the skull. After months of research, Professor Ni and his colleagues assigned the specimen to a new species, Homo longi, from the Chinese word for dragon, Long. And that's how the skull and the individual it belonged to have earned the nickname the Dragon Man. He probably has a, a very large and deep eye because from the, the air socket we can tell that and the broad nose and the broad uh, mouth. The skull has thick brow ridges, large deep-set eye sockets and flat cheekbones. Without a chin, probably. And you, you know, all the Homo sapiens, we have a chin, but other species don't have chin. And he probably had a very short neck. The skull would have belonged to a male of no more than 50 years old. Quite robust and a strong man. That's probably uh, related to the environment he lived. And that's very uh, cold area. Even now, today, you know, uh, in Harbin region, during the wintertime, that's extremely cold. So that population can survive in that very harsh environment, must suggest they physically very strong. Professor Ni, do we know how old the dragon man is? We can quite uh, confident to say that uh, the specimen is older than 146,000, but younger than 309,000 years. By analyzing the chemical composition of the skull and the geological features of the region where it was believed to have been found, the scientists determined that Dragon Man had lived in a densely forested environment. So what else do we know about the Dragon Man's lifestyle back then? There are hunter-gatherers, and that's a basic hypothesis for almost all the archaic humans. And so they gathered fruit and seeds and they hunt animals and they may be able to fish him. The dragon man was likely to have been a hunter-gatherer, surviving on a diet of fish, mammals, fruits and vegetables. And yes, you could probably say he was on the original paleo diet. The dragon man is also believed to have lived amongst other animals in the Ice Age epoch. Uh, like uh, uh, woolly rhino and uh, mammoths. The woolly rhinoceros went extinct almost 14,000 years ago, and the mammoth did so 10,000 years ago. But there are several other animals that the dragon man lived with, which we are familiar with today. Horses, wild horses, 
and buffaloes and, and a wolf and a tiger, some deers with huge uh, horns and a lot of fishes and also even some turtle shells from that region. But now, the dragon man has been at the center of public debate among the global scientific community. So what is it all about? Uh, well, um, this actually including two parts. And one is we identify a monophenetic uh, lineage. They are hunter-gatherers, and that's a basic hypothesis for almost all the Arctic humans. So they gather fruit and seeds, and they hunt animals. And they may be able to fishing, discuss. And uh, I think the most debated part is the naming a new species of Homo. Well, naming a new human species is always debatable. On one side of the argument, some scholars think there are too many human species and that all specimens should be grouped into one single species as subspecies. But on the other hand, some scholars think new specimens should be named separately to clearly identify the order of human evolution. Not everyone agrees with the decision to call the Harbin skull as Homo longi, including those who worked alongside Professor Nee. Even within our group, different team members, they have different ideas. Some think, well, and they should be named as a subspecies. But as he explained, giving a specimen a sublineage would actually require more assumptions which they did not have evidence to prove. Because if you, if you want to name a subspecies, you have to suppose that uh, population uh, of a harbing cranium was relatively isolated with, uh, with some other cotemporal populations. But at the same time, we have to also assume that they can interbreed with other populations. Meanwhile, by naming it as a separate species, it assumes that breeding with other species was impossible. But all these information we don't know, and we have no way to test whether this is true or not. This is just a fossil, right? We can never know whether they can interbreed with other populations. So I think maybe it's better just name a species. But that's not where the controversy surrounding Dragon Man ends. The name Homo longi means it belongs to the Homo genus, which is the same genus that we Homo sapiens belong in. The Neanderthal, or Homo neanderthalensis, also belongs in the Homo genus. And they are believed to be our closest ancient human relative. That was until the study on Dragon Man was released. Professor Ni and his colleagues argue that the Homo longi, not the Neanderthal, is a closer relative to Homo sapiens. And we also saw um, this specimen actually saw a lot of similarity with uh, the crania uh, discovered from Dali locality, from Jinyushan locality, and from Huangdong locality. And those specimens are all from uh, east part of China. Professor Ni is referring to the three skulls found in Dali, Jinyushan, and Huangdong in recent years, which were elsewhere in China. So for many years, people think uh, those are a transitional form between more uh, primitive human fossils such as Homo erectus and uh, the Homo sapiens. 
but their findings suggest something else. Our phylogenetic analysis, however, show a totally different story. Actually, so there is a totally new lineage, including uh, the Dali, the Jin Yushan, and the Hua Longdong, and now the Dragon Man. Together, they form a lineage. They share the common ancestor with Homo sapiens. So this is a totally new uh, result. Now that we know the Dragon Man may have been our ancestor, let's go back to the moment where Professor Ni came face to face with the Dragon Man. Well, just, I have a strange feeling, you know. So, just uh, look at his big eyes. I have a strange feeling. Just he's trying to tell me something, and uh, so it's a very strange feeling, you know. And I studied all kinds of fossils for many years. You know, you know usually we just take all oh, that as specimen. But uh, for this human, you know, you hold it, you know, that's part of our ancestry, and it's so complete, and there are so many details. Well, that feeling is really hard to, to, to say in words. And how do you feel knowing that not everyone agrees with his name Homo Longi? In the future, if people don't agree with us, that's fine. But the name is available and they can use it for some other comparisons to test the different hypotheses. So what are the chances of you finding other skulls such as the Dragonmans? Well, you know, finding a human cranium, the opportunity is extremely low. You know, I'm already lucky enough to study these fossils. Well, I can't imagine if I really have the chance to develop another human. Of course, I really want. Um, but it's really hard to say. And for many paleontologists, they work for their long time, you know, the, the, the whole career. They may not even find a small piece of a human skull. So this is really like a lifetime opportunity for you to find him. Absolutely, yes. Well, thank you so much for your time, Professor Ni. It was a pleasure talking to you. Bye-bye. I had a great time learning all about and researching the story. There's so much going on and so much more controversy and debate among scientists. You can find my stories as well as the fantastic video features about the Dragon Man on scmp.com. My name is Mimi Lau. You can find me on Twitter at gzmimi. Thank you so much for your time. Stay safe and bye for now. Tired of ads barging into your favorite news podcasts? Good news. Ad-free listening is available on Amazon Music for all the music plus top podcasts included with your Prime membership. Stay up to date on everything newsworthy by downloading the Amazon Music app for free or go to amazon.com slash news ad free. That's amazon.com slash news ad free to catch up on the latest episodes without the ads.